Well, we've been very, very busy doing our HCFC radio commentaries, but we haven't forgotten about you, the Canary Club podcast listener, because we're back for another episode. Three weeks later than originally planned, we are finally going to bring episode 35 to you. The amount of times we changed the content for this one over the last three weeks, it's been so busy. So much stuff going on in the world of football as well as what we're doing. We're going to be starting, we're going to be talking about Hitchertown Ladies Reserves. They played Hearts Vipers Development yesterday. I went down there, did a few interviews. Then we're looking back on the Carabao Cup final Manchester City victorious against Tottenham at Wembley not really a surprise there is it and then it's time for Canaries Worldwide FC Nantes win a game it's not a drill uh, and then we're <laughs> going to be talking about the championship with Norwich and Watford being promoted and both were relegated last season what's going on there um, but Marek firstly how are you doing I'm very well thank you Freddie been a quite a busy uh, last couple of weeks for us really hasn't it you know picking up with the under 15s the EJA side and the uh, and the academy side as well it's been uh, we've been very active we have so three commentaries of the EJA side, one with the ladies team, and then two of the pro direct side. So we we Crazy. had two in two days, and we had two on one day uh, last Sunday as well. So <laughs> we have right, yeah. kept very busy. All of those are available to listen back to as podcasts, so you can keep very busy if you missed any of them. Uh, and we're also going to have an announcement coming out about another commentary. Hopefully, Sunday afternoon, we're going to be covering one there. So keep an eye out on Twitter uh, for that one. We're quite excited about this. Marek's been working very hard. Uh, basically, with a tiny broadcast unit, we can just rock up a field anywhere and broadcast. Yep. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> but you'll have, to, you'll have to explain it to people anyway. But um, oh. overall, let's talk about the, the EJA side first. Sure. What, what are your thoughts from them, having watched three games from them in such a competitive league? Well, um... I, I think that they can hold their heads up and be absolutely proud of themselves for what they've what they've achieved. I mean, a lot of them are, are, are playing up a year as well, which means that they're 13, 14 years old playing in under-15s level um, for a start. Um, secondly, none of them have played at that level before. So to raise, I, I, like I said to Mark, I think raising from a standard, you know, bog standard Sunday afternoon uh, under-15s team to an EJA is is probably one of the biggest steps that you're going to make, um, especially at youth football level. Um, the next one obviously being to academy. Um, and, I, and I think I think they made an account, a good account of themselves. You know, yeah, they've, they're sure they lost a couple of games um, that they shouldn't really have lost by that much but um you're talking about proper you know enfield for god's sake you know i mean they they've got pick of all the you know ex west ham academy guys that don't make it and and the likes of that can just sort of shimmy across and get into the uh, get into the eja team um and they you know they they showed how good they are but i think these boys can can raise themselves and and next season they might make a, a stronger stand of it and yeah, and you know the second we don't commentate on them, they'll go and win a game and you know score a load of goals. So we're at Potter's Bar on Sunday, uh, but yeah, best of luck to them. It's been really, really enjoyable getting to know some of the players and Mark. And Mark's loved it, hasn't he? He's really loved having us here. He's good with the interview. He love he loves having the mic in front of him, doesn't he? I think he does. Even though he will say that he, he gets a little <laughs> bit shy, he, he's not. He does love it, man. He always does. No, that's great. And then Pro Direct side, two really tough games. First time they played Academy of Opposition. Yeah. And wow, a lot of these players are going to be in the first team in the next couple of years, especially a pre-season just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've seen we see a couple of the guys um, that have had f uh, first team experience already, um, but we also saw some some new faces um, out there on the ground that, that are certainly very capable of uh, of of getting themselves a, at least a bench seat in the first team over the next few games. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing them definitely. 
yeah, I'd like to catch them a bit more in action as well. And then, um, but one final question from me: we've seen um, we've seen a load of games and a load of goals. Which game that we've commentated on since coming back from lockdown has been your favourite? I've got to say it's the Hitching Ladies against the uh, Hitching Ladies Reserves, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it, 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 they're, they're all exceptionally good games to watch and commentate on, and we thoroughly enjoyed every single one of them. But I've never commentated on ladies football before, um, and it was just good to watch a, a game. You know, it, it was free-flowing. Um, the result, like I said, was I, I actually picked the reserves as the winners, and and they went on. And, and what a goal fest we was we was given um, some some cracking goals as well, especially the the fourth. You know that that volley was superb. Oh. You know, uh, Joe Harrow was the right back who, who scored that winner. Now she wasn't available yesterday. Uh, they had a few missing, couple with military, uh, a couple in the military, so they weren't playing. Uh, but I went down to watch Hitchin Town Reserves v Hearts Vipers development down at Ransom's Wreck in Hitchin, uh, and there are a lot of familiar faces there. A few people who have been working in that women's team for many years and been doing a great job of it. Uh, and firstly, I, I talked during the game, so there's a bit of all that she's having a chance and all of that. It was really windy as well at Ransom's Wreck, uh, but. <laughs> I talked to Carla Chaffee and Callum Ellis during the game. The amount of work those guys do behind the scenes is just yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and then after the game, I talked to reserves manager Jez Davies. So go and have a listen. All right, we're about 15, 20 minutes in um, down at Ransom's Wreck. Uh, but I'm with two people. I know the, know the ladies team here at Hitchin very well. Um, Carla Chaffee and Callum Ellis. Callum, I'll start with you. Thoughts on the game so far? So you know, it's been a bit of a tentative affair. It's been up and down, both sides. Um, Hearts Vipers have shown how they can be dangerous by using by moving the wings of the pitch. Um, but the reserves have had a good good number of play, um, but they need to hold it a little bit more at the top and sort of not giving it away as too much. But yeah, no, it's looking fairly even. Vipers with the edge, I think. Yeah, it's really windy here, as you can probably tell. <laughs> um, but we were at top field last week, weren't we? The reserves coming out triumph against the first team. And on paper, it sounds like a bit of a shock, but that's not really the case. No, I mean, both teams are relatively new this season. Um, we haven't actually, our t first and reserve team are not done on ability. Uh, the reserves came to us from well in Pegasus, so we took them on as a whole team. Uh, they've had to rebuild their team and it's going very well. The reserves, all, uh, sorry, the first team have also got um, a whole new team, basically. We had to replace about eight players. So relatively on paper, yeah. it should be, everyone thinks first team, but they're not. A name we wish to change. Yeah. I mean, if you were to make a combined team of them, you'd have you'd have one hell of an outfit, wouldn't you? Yes, and that's something that if we want to be highly competitive, it's something that we're going to have to look at in the future for Hitching Ladies. You know, we're getting to a point where we actually can build a third team. So it's kind of, they're going to have to go to abilities rather than um, anything else going forward. What was it like playing at top field? I know it's somewhere you'd like to play a few more games, um, but was it a great experience for everyone, especially because it's a, a kind of hitch and derby as well? I mean, the girls love playing at top field. I mean, some of the original first team um, played there before and they actually really enjoy it. The facilities are great. The pitch is fantastic. When you play grassroots, the ladies, most pitches are not fantastic. So for them, it's great. <laughs> Um, there's, obviously you're in a group of Hitch and Bells, Callum. Is there a kind of rivalry between the two? Because, I mean, there's two big teams for ladies football in Hartfordshire, and especially now in Hitchin, they're almost a new kid on the block. Yeah, so we've come across the Bells on numerous occasions. We've got three ex-players uh, playing for the Bells at the moment. We're keeping a very clear on our eyes on our phones at the moment, waiting for the results to come in as we speak. But yeah, no, I've, 
in women's football, the rivalry's sort of not there. It's more of a, everyone's more of keen to just play football in element. You know, they just want to see to be enjoying their football. It's quite opposite from the men's football. Like, you know, it's derbies and, you know, how different the fan bases are. But no, it's a lot more, more relaxed, I think, women's football, more than anything. I know spectators can't technically come down at the moment. We're playing in Ransom's Rec. Um, but what would you say to someone when they are allowed? Why, why, how would you persuade someone to come down and watch the ladies? That's a very good question. I mean, I'm not sure the answer to that one. I think I always try and say to people, it's never judge, you know, a book by its cover. And people are very quick to say, oh, it's one women's football. It's not really going anywhere. And I think the success the England women's team have had over the recent years, um, as well as women's football as a whole, WSL and everything else, I think that, you know, it's coming to its prime. And I think people actually start, start to turn their heads towards women's football. I mean, my phone's constantly buzzing every other week saying, oh, how do the ladies get on? Especially in top field, people are always constantly asking. Uh, you know how the ladies getting on, so it's quite nice to see. Yeah, sorry, I was watching the game then. Um, you know, to see, to see women sort all coming up, up and coming. But no, I'd always say and say to people, you know, just just watch a game and see how it goes. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And my final question: where, where do you think the next step is for Hitchintown Ladies as a whole football club? I haven't got a clue yet. <laughs> I haven't I haven't got that far. Um, sort of, we wanted two teams. We've got two teams. Um, I want the youth section section to come up. It'll be nice to see if we can incorporate that with our youth youth guys and Dan Hitching Youth. Whether we've got the um, capacity to do it at the moment, you know, it's yet to be explored. But at the moment, obviously, some of the ladies, potentially a veterans team at the moment. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll look, speak to the league about setting up a veterans league. But you never know, my counterpart, Carla, you know, might be able to be my goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a bit too old for that. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for chatting to me. We'll go off and enjoy the game. Um, so, Jez, it finishes then 6-0 to Hearts Vipers. Um, overall thoughts on that one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we had a very different conversation last week, Freddie. Um, mm. We did. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 how, it's how it is in football. Like, you win as a team, you lose as a team. That's, my, that's always been my philosophy. And, yeah, the girls were upset now, but actually, if they look at it on paper, the team that they played are a very good side. They, um, their philosophy is they train pretty much every day. Um, and if not, it's, it's a lot of times during the week. So, you know, to come up against a side that's so young so fit, and they've got a really good technical ability, uh, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. And it's, it's actually a good thing that they played games like this. Um, so, yeah, yeah, obviously disappointed to lose. But in, if, if you look at it, the bigger picture, the girls done really well. You had two injuries, including that of you, your captain. And it was just never going to be an easy second half in the end. We were really optimistic at half time and it just didn't quite fall into place. No, but, yeah, I mean, it's a 2 0 at half time. the heads go and actually um, we believed if we did get that early goal that might happen but when they scored the third it was it was kind of um, it was kind of curtains for us really but um, as I say you know we, I changed a few things as you quite rightly said we had a few injuries so I changed a few things second half tried a different formation and although it didn't work it was nice to it was nice to try it out to see if it did work. Um, a word on Zoe in goal, obviously the penalty save would have capped off uh, a, a game of highs and lows for her. I mean, I thought she had a really good performance overall. Yeah, I mean, again, when you come up against that young side, they are they they break through a lot of the time. And to have a goalkeeper like Zoe in, and I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned last week to you, but you know her performance last week was, as I think we did mention, obviously with her being birthday girl last week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think her performance again today was outstanding, and she's pulled off three or four really good saves. They wouldn't look out of place uh, in in uh, in a high level uh, high level team. Um, and as you quite rightly say, she then steps up on a penalty. It's, it's strong and brave enough 
uh, to say with her feet. She hasn't moved. She hasn't need to, needed to move because the, the strikers put it straight down the middle. And, you know, she's had this presence of mind and the intelligence just to knock it away with her feet. We were having a chat during the game about have you got a few players missing. How do you adapt with, you know, every week not knowing you can't keep a consistent team? So how do you manage that? So you have to have players that play multiple positions is, is the main thing. Um, that's, that's the first thing, but then equally you, you weigh up who you, who, so you, at the start of the week you say, well, okay, you know the two or three players are going to be away. The, the classic example today was the, uh, the, the girl that scored the winner last week, Joe. we knew that she'd be away today. Uh, Jess also, uh, they, she works shifts, so you then bring in a, 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 another player that can play centre-back and then you move the players around to sort of fit that formation. So, yes, yeah, it is a balancing act because cause it's Sunday league, um, the girls don't get paid for this, so they, they, they work shifts and stuff, so you do have to mix and match sometimes but they uh, on the whole it does work um, and the girls know that you know if, if certain players aren't there they're more than likely to sort of fill those roles uh, so someone like Ruth who came, who came off injured unfortunately today she played left mid last week but then was almost forced to play right back today but we, she knew that was going to happen because we, we, we've got that sort of consistency in, in, in selection Looking ahead to next week you, you go just um, just across the road almost to the Priory um, to, to face Hitchin Bells have you you played them recently before? Yeah so because we we're, we're doing the mini league at the moment um, there's only four teams so we, we played them a couple of weeks ago and it was a, it was a tight game um, they won 5-2 um, but actually they scored three very quick goals and that's something that we're going to be trying to stop this time um, and if we can if we can avert that and literally get them from the world go like, like we did last week against the first team we'll have a really good chance well we'll see you in a couple of weeks time then um, when you're back here at Ransom's Rec hopefully uh, thanks yeah. a lot for your time really enjoyed being here today no, anyway thanks coming well, it was the Carabao Cup final yesterday afternoon. Manchester City uh, won it for a fourth year in a row. Absolutely dominant uh, they have been. And, and as I say, whenever they win the Carabao Cup, they go on and win the league as well. And only two two wins away from that after Menu drew with Leeds. Marek, did you catch any of it? Yeah, I did. I watched the game. Uh, Spurs were very flat, to be honest with you. Um, and, and City weren't exactly brilliant either. Um, uh, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you don't want Spurs to win nothing. And you don't want Man City to win nothing either, as Gooners, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was a tough one for me. I just watched and, oh, one nil. Okay, fair enough. It was like watching paint dry, if I'm honest. It wasn't a great game. And, and let's get stuck into it, because Mourinho said the other day it was a new story <laughs> completely enveloped by the European Super League news. Um, but what did you make of Mourinho sacking on the eve of a cup final? This is a guy they brought in to win trophies. Well, if you brought him in to win trophies, I mean, give him a chance to win a trophy. The man's got a final coming up and uh, you should have maybe at least let him play that final. But I do understand with the, um, you know, I, 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 I sympathise with Spurs fans, shall I say, because he turned what is predominantly an attacking team into a brick wall, a defensive it was crap football, sorry. Um, and, and Mourinho's <laughs> famous for it. And uh, if if you've got yourself an attack-minded uh, manager in in the first place instead of going for um, Mourinho, uh, you might have found yourself a little bit higher up in the league. Do you think that's what the main problem was, the style of play, the tactics? They were top of the league in early November and it's just all gone so wrong. 
Yeah, I just think Mourinho's just got that characteristic about him where he can come in straight away and, and be friendly and bubbly and everybody thinks, hey, great, you know, this is Jose Mourinho. Yeah, cool. And then, you know, it don't take long before they sort of go, oh, God, Mourinho, shut up. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of them. And then he started the, the, the true character of his game and, and his attitude and everything sort of comes through. And he lost the dressing room uh, well early. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and then it just sort of kind of plummeted from there and, and, and went downhill from there, in my opinion. Well, Ryan Mason came in as, as, as interim manager. Um, the likes of Ledley King are still there as well. Plenty of experience there. Obviously, not, not as much as Mason, only 28 years old. He's not going to be there next season. I think we can all make that clear. He hasn't managed, he's got no managerial experience before. No. Uh, just a lot of respect, I think, with the players, um, especially after that horrible injury he had. Um, so I've got to say, as an Arsenal fan, I do have some respect for him yes. taking on, on that role. It was an absolutely sickening injury. And, and to see him, you know, leading out the club that he loves, you know, any football fan's got. Um, got to have some respect for that um, but who do you think is going to come in next season Maurizio Sarri the former uh, Chelsea and Napoli manager uh, is the favourite no longer at Juventus that was his last post um, I mean uh, looking on Sky Sports yesterday Scott Parker Gareth Southgate Julian Nagelsmann Brendan Rogers uh, are all Brendan some of the Rogers names being leave. thrown around nah, but Brendan Rogers. Rogers isn't going to leave no nah, of course um, it's not Nagelsmann looks like he's going to be taking the Bayern Munich job and I even think a Leipzig to Spurs I mean you'd yeah. question that move in many ways he's going to take the Bayern job yeah. by the looks of things Rogers isn't going to move is, do you think it's going to be Maurizio Sarri I mean, Spurs fans aren't going to get excited about that. Well, who is there? I mean, if, if you sat down now and you think to yourself, um, you know, who is there? I mean, Arteta, there you go. There's one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking there, you know, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the choices out there now is, is you're very limited, really. Um, who are you going to pull in? But I think uh, I think Sarri um, might be the, he's probably the favourite, really, to go in. Plays his Sarri ball style, um, which is more attacking than Mourinho. I think anything really is more attacking from Mourinho. But it, it mm. must be a pretty negative time to be a Spurs fan. I know it's been going that way for a while under Mourinho. But when you get rid of a manager, you think you have this new sense of optimism, I suppose, especially when it's going the wrong way. Yeah. But now looking at some some of the options to come in, I mean, maybe Scott Parker might be the pick of the bunch, you know, well, if, if they decide not go to go for, for Sarri. But he's another really inexperienced manager. Mason will be there till the end of the season. Uh, and then the question comes up, will Harry Kane stay? Will Wengmin Son stay? Because if they go before a manager comes in, it's going to be even harder to attract a big-name manager. And it's just not looking good for them. I know I, I, no. I've got this tone in my voice as an Arsenal fan saying that. <laughs> but it, as a neutral and as a Spurs fan, it, it's hard to look on the bright side, I think, at the moment. And this could all come back to bite us, by the way. Yeah, no, it, it certainly could. Well, I mean, they've, they've, to, let's, let's face it, they've been the better North London team over the past couple of years. Um, all right, we picked up a couple of bits of silverware, but um, you know they've they've cer they're certainly the stronger team. Uh, and, and even again, even though we did beat them in a miracle game, that I don't know where they found that performance from. Um, but if mm. we played them tomorrow, you know we'd probably get turned over. Um, so there is that. You know, I mean, they're you know they must be extremely frustrated and just sick and tired of this defensive, boring football that Mourinho's been been putting them through. I mean, the likes of Deli Ali, he just wants to get up and go at them and, and it, no wonder he got upset. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think at the moment this season they'll go forward with Ryan 
Um, and then next season, I think if they if they pull in somebody like Sarri, he, he might get them up and sort of firing and, and chomping at the bit again. So it's not all it's not all doom and gloom uh, for for Spurs fans really. But like us, this season's gone. And and if Harry Kane uh, does decide to pack up his troubles and his old kit bag and, and clear off, then you know what's all this kissing the badge stuff going on? I mean, all players do it anyway. But if he goes, he goes. You know, um, and they're going to struggle to replace Harry Kane. Who wouldn't? You know, and 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 Son as well. You know, you they're they're superb key players, world class players, um, and they can be very difficult to replace. The short list of managers as well. I mean, reading them out now and talking and hearing you talk about them, they all just seem like short term fixes. Yeah. With Sarri coming in, yeah, we'll get the fans on side, they'll play some nice football, and then the same thing will happen as at Chelsea. I know we're we're not in the Sir Alex or the Arsene Wenger years where you'll be here fifteen, twenty years anymore. And it's mm. it unfortunately it's it's gone the other way from that. And it's a real shame. But you look at none of these and you just don't you can't see them being there for, you know, becoming Spurs legends and, and who knows, it can be proved wrong and um, the only one, as I say, maybe maybe Scott Parker, but that's really clutching at straws as well. Um, with Harry Kane, Manchester United maybe coming in for him. Yeah, they can come in for him, can't they? Everybody can come in for him. But uh, I, I think it would be an absolute shame and a shambles if Harry Kane goes to Manchester United. I do. I'm sorry. It's like him coming to Arsenal. You know, you you, you don't want to go to the enemy. I mean, Man United are the enemy. I know we are, you know, Arsenal are seen as the big the, the big enemy. But, you know, Man United, he's, I, I don't think he'll go to Man United. And going to a rival club as well, um, something Levy would have to be mindful of. I mean, Real Madrid, we hear, are going in for Mbappe. If he goes there, maybe PSG look for Kane. That might be a good swap. Does yep. Kane want to play his football in in Ligue 1? I know PSG is struggling the season with Lille and Lyon all up there yep. challenging them. Uh, so more com- kind of a more competitive league, but only in the way that PSG have been struggling in recent times. But, I mean, look at the way they're doing in the Champions League. Mm. It's an attractive move, I think, for Harry Kane, considering they've just been knocked out uh, to Dinamo Zagreb. Now, talking of, of worldwide and European football, yeah. uh, if you're new to the podcast, we do have this segment called Canaries Worldwide. Obviously, with us too, this is a kind of in-house Hitchin Town FC podcast. And one of the Canaries, there's plenty of us out there, including the likes of Norwich City and Las Palmas, and then the two Japanese Canaries as well. Uh, so we're going to get stuck into a bit of this. And there were some real surprise results, actually, and some more predictable ones too. But in Belarus, a late Egor Zubovic goal uh, sealed a point for Neman Grodno, uh, the Belarusian Canaries. They're second bottom of the league, though, and without a win after six games. A one-all draw for them uh, against Energetic Minsk. Uh, in, in England, we're going to talk about Norwich in depth later because they've been promoted uh, back to the Premier League in the last couple of weeks. The first podcast we've done since uh, that happened. But Emmy Buendia and Max Ahrens are going to be two big transfer targets, I think, for a lot of clubs in the summer. Uh, they were on the score sheet. Tim Krul saved a penalty as well, uh, putting the Canaries ever closer to the championship title. Watford about five points behind them. I think there's two games to play. Yeah. Uh, in Spain, it was a bad day for Las Palmas against Indeed. Espanyol. A hat-trick from uh, Javi Puado within 23 minutes and then a red card for Alvaro Lemos. Uh, it was made worse by an awful penalty decision. You need to have a watch of the highlights. It was one of those when they turn their back, the ball's been absolutely walloped and it hit the back of their elbow, but it oh, never looked God. in doubt for tabletop as Espanyol. Then early on Sunday morning, Marek, we saw 
defeats for both the Japanese sides. Yeah, we did. Um, Jeff again up to their usual tricks at home, losing to SC Sagamihara in the J2. It was awful defending, which is a bit of a surprise, really, considering because more recently Jeff United's defence have been absolutely rock solid. So uh, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit disgusting to see the goal came from a long throw, a failure to clear the ball, bang, uh, and you're one nil down. And they never look like scoring, if I'm honest. Um, over to the J3 where FC Gihu played against Katala Toyama um, in the in the J3. They, um, yeah, I mean, again, they've, they've, they're in a better position than Jeff United, so they still remain fifth um, on that one. Yeah, third, um, third in the league in that one. I think you just cut out there, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so third in that league with five games played. Uh, and in France, we can report that FC Nantes have won a game. It's taken a long time. I think their last one was against PSG. Yeah. Uh, so they save it for the big occasions. They certainly do. Uh, uh, they had to come from behind in typical non-style, uh, but it's an absolutely crucial victory uh, for Antoine Cumbrare, the non-manager, their third manager of the season. Uh, Claudio Ranieri wasn't there too long ago. Ludovic Blas scored the winner. Uh, non -no now, crucially, they go above Nîmes uh, and they're in the relegation playoff place, which I suppose you'd fight for at the end of the day, a one-off game. Sure. Uh, possibly fans back in the stadium. I'm not sure what the situation is like there in France. I mean, we talked about relegation playoffs a couple months ago, didn't we? Still yeah. something I'd love to see in England yeah no I think it's a great it's a great but they have, like they have it in Japan uh, as well where the the um the, the runners-up, shall we say, of the championship would play the uh, runners-down uh, of the Premier League. It, it, it kind of, you know, it gives like Sam Allardyce, who had an appalling uh, game yesterday, uh, it gives them sort of another little chance at it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, we, we should implement it in, in UK. It's a great system. I think especially maybe, if not Premier League, maybe League One, League Two, and then maybe the National League system, I think it, it could really work, have some success there. Uh, maybe another time. It was a nil-nil draw in South Africa for our favourites, the Lamontville uh, Golden Arrows Goal in the DSTV Arrows. Premiership. And they've just drawn too many games this season. Simple as that. Points, yeah. drop, for it, um, points drop for them uh, against the side second from bottom in Chipper United. Uh, but the Golden Arrows, five points behind top of the league, sundown. So they've dropped off the pace a little bit, uh, but they're still in first place there. Um, in Turkey, a familiar name here. Yeah. Uh, it was Kasim Pasa 2, Fenerbahce 3, and the Chelsea Loney, Danny Drinkwater. Uh, last time you heard about him, he was getting sent off for their academy side. Uh, <laughs> but he played nine minutes off the bench in a, in a really, really action-packed game. I think there were about 30 shots across the 90 minutes. But it was former West Ham striker Enna Valencia scored a brace to keep Fener in second place. Uh, and then finally in Algeria, 5-0 victory for JS Kabili. They went away uh, to USM Belabi uh, and it was a game where just everything went right for them. Mohamed Tubal hat-trick keeping the yellows in the title race. Um, so sorry, didn't go well in, in Japan. So, yeah, you yeah. go first. No, sorry about that. I was just thinking, didn't somebody that used to play for Arsenal play for Fenerbahce now? Doesn't he play for Fenerbahce? Or have I got that wrong? Meza Ozil. Yeah, just, I think he's been injured though recently. Oh, has he? Okay, no, I'm just wondering why his name never pops up on goals or assists. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> yeah, no, we want to have a little dig at him, but he, I think he has just not been playing. I think he has been injured. Um, he came off the bench for a couple of games, I think then picked up an injury. As you say, mm. does play out in Turkey. They've got a couple of former Premier League names uh, there as well, Fenerbahce. Uh, not, uh, Bright Asai Samuel, who played for QPR, he's out there too. It's yeah. an, an attractive move. Uh, we've talked a lot about the championship this season, uh, but firstly, Norwich City, they've had just a brilliant season. It's arguably one of the best squads they've had, I think, in the championship, one of the best championship teams 
they've got together. And as we said in previous podcasts, what they've done so well is kept their team together at the end of the season. No Timu Puki. It didn't work out for him after lockdown in the Premier League. Probably a good thing for Norwich fans because it meant that the big sharks of the Premier League did go away uh, and and he was allowed to continue uh, with them for for the new season. Emi Buendia, arguably the standout player. Oliver Skip as well on loan from Spurs if they can make that permanent. And then Max Ahrens. I mean, there's going to be a few players um, a few clubs looking out for him. Um, the question for Norwich is, are they going to stay up? Because it's not happened in previous years. It's it's tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you look at the bottom of the Premier League now, the, the three that come up are the three that look like they're going down. And the and the the um, the three that went down look like they're coming up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit like a bouncing ball, isn't it? You're going up and you're going down. But I'd like to see Norwich stay up you know I thought uh, I particularly liked Pookie um, and um, and they had they had another winger but I think he's left he, he they lost him um, they can't well as well didn't Pookie yeah, Cantwell. Cantwell as a partnership they did lose um, I did lose a player to Everton whose name uh, escapes escaped me, me at the too, moment yeah. one of their yeah, their other fullback um, who could kind of play in an advanced role. He's a, Jamal Lewis. Um, Jamal. He's went to Everton. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to see them losing a few players, and that's the only thing that's really going to dent their confidence. Yeah, but I mean, more power to them. I, you know, and, and I hope Watford stay up as well, which is you know because again they they're just one of them sides, you know that 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 we need in the Premiership, I think so, personally. Um, good, strong, local side. We can we can just pop down the road to go and see them. It's a big, mm. bit of a bigger pop to go and see Norwich. But, uh, yeah, I've, I mean, the, the, the problem, not the problem, but the interesting thing is where we come to the, uh, the third team to go up. Uh, it could possibly be uh, Jack Wilshere in Bournemouth. Um, but, of course, you know, I'm holding out a little bit of hope for the Bees. I, I want to see Brentford go up. Well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see um, for that one. Obviously, four teams of the players that will go to the semi-final uh, and first play, uh, third place uh, plays sixth um, and then fourth place will play fifth. So at the moment, that would be Brentford against Barnsley uh, and Bournemouth against Swansea. Bournemouth-Swansea would be a cracker, I can tell you, because those two play some really, really good football. Barnsley, a bit of a surprise package going up there. Interesting yeah. one with Watford, because they sacked a manager um, fairly, uh, Vladimir Ivic, fairly early through the season. I think the, the Watford fans started to think, oh, no, the owners are at it again. It's going to be just another season like that. Um, but Zisco Munoz, the Spaniards, coming in and done a fantastic job, and he, he's got them playing again. Um, it's, it's a fair young squad a lot of talent in there uh, and obviously their talisman Troy Deeney as well what do you make of Troy Deeney I'd love to know because he's a player that divides opinion especially amongst Arsenal fans as well I think he's absolutely awesome I really do and if you're a Watford fan you've you, you've got to you know you've got to appreciate the talents of the man I mean he he knows how to wind players up which is something that I like you know, as you know, I love I love to see players get under other players' skin, and uh, and and Troy Deeney's very good at it. And not only does he talk the talk, but he walks the walk as well. You know, he's a nuisance in the box, isn't he? I mean, if you have got Troy Deeney coming and you're a defender, you're thinking, oh no, what am I going to get? An elbow in the face? Am I going to get? Is he going to spin me, turn me? What's happening? Um, you know, he's 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 a big surprise package when he gets in that box. And and of course, you know, like you say, he's a talisman. You don't you don't want to be losing Troy Deeney. 
It's a great stage of the season now as well, with, with leagues coming to the, to an end. Uh, Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga could have sealed the title if they beat Mainz and they lost that one 2-1. It's a thriller um, in Spain and France as well. And it looks like there's going to be a new name uh, taking the Scudetto in Italy after many years of dominance from Juventus. Uh, but a final chat we're going to have uh, is the Champions League semi-finals in midweek. Remember the Champions League? I mean, some people tried to get rid of it, um, but that didn't go very well. <laughs> Last uh, so day, we can concentrate it? on the midweek fixtures we can have a little european super league talk at the end because it's all falling through uh, and we can celebrate it yeah. um to celebrate it falling through anyway but yeah. champions league in midweek i just want your first leg predictions firstly chelsea against real madrid that's what a game that is you know i mean on on paper it's a, it's an absolute stormer and it's going to be an absolute stormer as well um i always like to get behind the english clubs regardless of uh, if they're the scum or not um so i'm going to go for a chelsea win chelsea winning that one then man city against psg Wow. I mean, that is an absolute cracker. That's what the Champions League is all about. Exactly. Uh, this this is indeed what it's all about. Um, I think it's going to be a lot tighter than people think um, because Man City, uh, inverted commas, play a kind of European style, close inverted commas. Um, so it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting end to end sort of game. Um, I think probably, again, I'm going to stick with the British clubs uh, and say that's probably going to be a Man City victory. Yeah, I'd love to see over two legs as well. Anything can happen. But sure. uh, an interesting one with PSG and Man City. PSG beaten in the final last year. Man City still yet to win a Champions League. That's what it's all about for Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Um, but it's almost a free hit for both of them now because they both need this Champions League title so much. And now they've got the opportunity against another side who hasn't won it. It's it's all or nothing. It's actually quite a good opportunity. If you're playing at like, likes of Bayern Munich who are serial winners, yeah. um, you know, really know how to get things done. But it's almost at this stage, both for them hit a wall but one of them's got to go through and PSG with the win against Bayern they are absolutely brilliant they're going to have their tails up City have just won the Carabao Cup final it's going to be brilliant yeah I mean it's going to be a great game probably be a draw actually which is usually the case when you get people (laughs) two people that haven't won uh, the thing because they're both sort of so desperate to win it they'll be they'll be defending for their life um and attacking for their life, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, after 90 minutes or, or after the first leg, definitely it, it's going to be tight. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a nil-nil. And then finally, Europa League. I'm going to be previewing this game uh, for the Guna Fanzine, um, which will be coming out uh, later this week. Arsenal against Villarreal. Unai Emery's boys yeah. could go anywhere, really, that game, couldn't it? Well, speaking of serial winners, I mean, Unai Emery is a serial winner of this competition, isn't he? Uh, and, it, and it does kind of put a little bit of a niggly little spiny chill up my back. Um, I'd like to say that we're good enough to beat them. And, and of course, my, my heart says, yeah, Arsenal, we're going to destroy them. But you don't know what Arsenal's going to turn up um, and and. Recently, we seem to be doing all right in Europe, um, but we could we can follow it with an appalling performance, as you can see that we did against Slavia Prague. Um, mm. It was a terrible performance uh, at home, and then we went over there, and of course the atrocity that they did at the beginning of the game, and uh, they deserved this to get a, a, a complete spanking. I agree with you there. That yeah, that um, moment of uh, Kamara being racially abused, with Kamara as well being a, a former Arsenal academy player. Um, that Arsenal were never um, not going to go for that one. I mean, the picture with Lacazette 
taking the knees, staring into the eyes of the Slavia players and almost right. trembling some of them. Yeah. It's an absolutely iconic picture in Arsenal's history uh, and it will be um, for many years. So, Marek, thank you very much for joining me. Um, and a little announcement. We've teased it at the start of the podcast. We, we're going to tell you about it now because you stuck around to listen to the end. You've listened to us uh, chatting on. Uh, but the Hitchin Town ladies, the first team, uh, led by Emma Chaffee, the captain and the centurion in terms of appearances with more than 80 goals to her name. They're going up against a young Hearts Vipers development side. For, uh, uh, plenty of confidence they've got after beating the reserves 6-0 yesterday. You'll heard the interviews uh, from earlier on. We're going to be at Ransom's Wreck. We're going to be trialing out a new broadcast. And Mark, do you want to try and explain how this is going to work? Because I'm, I'm still a bit unsure. Well, basically what it is, is um, we, we, we've always had problems with power. We've had to plug into the mains and stuff like that because we carry a computer. We've got a, a mixing desk that we use for our in and outputs. So um, basically, um, with, with the advancements in technology, we've now got a broadcasting app available for an iPad, um, which is good. Um, but then, of course, you have to find a way of getting the input into the iPad. And, and Apple have just released at um, no expense spared, of course, from Apple. They, all the expense goes on to, on to us at 40 quid a hit but uh, we've got a little adapter that plugs into the bottom of the iPad which allows you to charge the unit and give you a USB in so we've got a sound card that can plug in and basically everything fits in your pocket and we stand there like a like a pair of nerds at the touchline with our headphones on talking to ourselves <laughs> so uh, yeah it's all going to be yeah, great we'll, we'll take a little table down or something we'll be there uh, in Ransom's Wreck. Really looking forward to that one. First time we're broadcasting, uh, but it's the same website as usual, Marek. HCFC.radio12345.com uh, and hopefully it'll be available as a podcast too. Yeah. Uh, so we will see. But it's all weather dependent as well, by the way. Uh, yeah. we, so do keep an eye on it. If it's chucking down, you can presume we're probably not going to be there uh, because we're going to get soaked and some expensive equipment is probably going to get ruined. But I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, <laughs> so the, the, the last of our EJA commentaries, but we're keeping busy. Uh, and it's a really good system. We can literally rock up at any field and, and start broadcasting. It is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, if it works, it'll be even better. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too excited anyway, but make sure to join us uh, Sunday from about, we'll be going live if everything goes well and a lot needs to go well from about quarter to two on Sunday afternoon. So tune in to us on hdfc.radio12345.com. As he said, if you missed any of our recent commentaries, every single one of them is available as podcast as well. Uh, and if you want to go down and watch Hitchin Ladies, they're in a public field so you can walk your dog, you can sit and have a picnic or whatever, and you can, you are legally allowed to watch the game. So feel free. Marek, thanks uh, again for joining me. We've been very busy over the last few weeks, but we finally cracked out a Canary Club podcast episode. See you on Sunday, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care, Freddie. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs>